This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest today, on this Blue Monday, is Marielle Heller. So, Marielle has directed um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. And uh, honest to goodness, I, I can't think of a film that stayed with me quite like this. Not for not for a, a, a while. It, it's a it's a beautiful movie. Tom Hanks, although it is a supporting role, um, Tom Hanks plays Mister Rogers. Now, here in Britain, now our American listeners, they'll be way ahead of me with Mister Rogers. But in Britain, we never had a uh, Mister Rogers wasn't a thing over here. And as we talk about a number of Britain's children's entertainers, presenters, hosts. Obviously, horrendous things have come out about them, but Mr. Rogers was this beloved, almost saintly figure, although the, the whole saint thing is something that is addressed in the in the film, but um, just a, a hugely inspirational guy. If you want to do a little bit of homework before A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, there's a documentary, it's on Netflix now, I think it's called... It is. Won't you be my neighbour? And and that that. So I don't. I didn't know much about Mister Rogers. I, obviously, I did my homework before I saw the movie. I've seen the movie. Uh, did my homework before interviewing Marielle. So I read as much as I, I could about this guy. But then, the, but then this this film, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, um, it tells the story of a journalist who is sent. This it's based on a true story as well. Who is sent to profile. Mr. Rogers and the journalist was a little bit cynical, was perhaps thinking there was more than, than, than was meeting the eye, wanted to really pop the bonnet on this Mr. Rogers character. And I will say no more. This is, a, this is a beautiful movie. The year is 2020. If I see a film, I know it's only January, but man, if I see a film that I love more than A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood in 2020, then... I'm a very lucky guy. Uh, it's fantastic. Matthew Reese plays the lead role. Now, he's obviously had great success. I shouldn't say obviously, because again, in America, the America, sorry, in, in Britain, the Americans, it was a, it was a big-ish show, but in America, it has hoovered up a lot of awards. Uh, and so Marielle Heller, here we go, directed Diary of a Teenage Girl, an episode of Transparent, very fine show, TV show Casual. Ah, now, can you ever forgive me? Uh, which we, we we touch on 
which stars Melissa McCarthy and Richard E. Grant. Now, the reason why I went, ah, uh, is because that is the movie that, I mean, Richard E. Grant obviously is a, a very fine, esteemed actor, but that proved a real springboard for Richard E. Grant. It, it got him his Oscar nomination, which possibly resulted in his role in the Star Wars movie that's out at the moment. Um, anyway, and now Marielle has directed A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. So this, the reason why we are releasing this episode on Blue Monday is because this is a movie about kindness and compassion. I'm really tearing up at the memory of the film. What a softy. And just that power, the power of being nice. Gosh darn it. Uh, it, it is out in cinemas here in Blighty, depending where you're listening to this episode, it, it may be different where in your territory. Uh, the 31st of January, I would implore you, I, 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 I would, you know, we're all friends by now. I would metaphorically get on my knees and plead with you to go see this film. Uh, obviously, Tom Hanks has been nominated for the Best Supporting Actor Oscar. It's his first Oscar nomination in nearly 20 years. Can you believe that? But anyway, here is the wonderful Marielle Heller. Thank you, Marielle, and all the people who made it happen. It was pure joy to meet you. Here she is. Right then, uh, I can't. I can't thank you enough for, for your uh, time. Um, I'm still, I'm still wiping the tears away from my. Did you face. see it today? I just saw it. I saw it like minutes ago. Oh my gosh! The, the credits were. I mean, on, honestly, I, I, with my hand to God, in in 41 years of adoring movies i can't think of a film where I, I cried so many times i mean it's i think it's a, an absolute masterpiece and in fact i don't i don't i don't want to suggest that our listeners go see it i, I practically beg that our Aww. listeners uh go see it how, how did this one come about because this feels like a, a really special one it is a really special one and it's something i feel so proud of um you really should i mean thank you uh Noah and Micah, who are the writers I met a number of years ago, I, I was a new mom. They were both parents. They told me about this movie that they were working on. It was in its early phases. It was not something that was being really made yet. And at the time, they described it to me, I think, as a, a movie about Mr. Rogers that is sort of surreal and has a lot of different elements to it and all of these miniatures. They described the miniatures to me, and I immediately said, why am I not directing that? <laughs> because I don't know. I grew up making miniatures. There were so many things about it that I just felt like, oh, this is a movie I need to be making. Um, but then I kind of forgot about it, and yeah. years went by. And Peter Seraf, the producer who had been working with them for it, he and Yuri Henley had been working on the project for eight years. It had taken them a long time. Maybe it hadn't. Maybe it had been six years, but a long time. They had slowly won over the trust of the Fred Rogers family and um, the Fred Rogers company and the people who guard his legacy so carefully, understandably so, um, who never really wanted a movie about him to be made. They just had no interest in it. Um, they never wanted Fred to be a commodity. That wasn't something that he wanted. So over time, they won their um, trust. And when they brought the movie to me, it was much more of a real thing. And I read the script and like you, I just, I cried through the mm. script and I felt like I have to make this movie. Um, it's so poignant and it feels like we don't allow ourselves to talk this openly about things like grief and our feelings and our childhood trauma and the things that bring us 
to these moments in our lives. And um, I'm raising a young kid and thinking a lot about how do we let our kids grow up to yeah. be good, kind people. How do we do it? And we have so few role models right now. We have so few people who do what Fred does, which is really allow the space for that. So um, I signed on right away, and then I brought it to Tom Hanks. And uh, and when he signed on, we were kind of off to the races. And then um, and then we went to Pittsburgh, where Fred lived, and we got welcomed into his kind of whole place of being. We filmed in the actual studio where he filmed. We recreated his set meticulously. Every tie Tom Hanks wears was Fred's real tie. No way. Artwork on the wall is the real artwork from his house. You know, um, we were sort of walking in sacred grounds and it felt like we were really kind of, I don't know, we were just following the ghosts of Fred. And when you go to Pittsburgh... He's such a big influence there still. You can feel, you can almost feel the ripples of his legacy, of his philosophy in the city. I feel like it's changed the culture of that city. Wow. Um, it's a great town and they take him very seriously there. And so we knew we were just taking on a huge responsibility. We were there to honor and dig deep about who he was and it... Um, Anyway, it was a great experience making it, and it was a great experience being there and having that kind of access to his real life. I mean, we're, we're not a political podcast, Steve, but I would bet the last $10 in my wallet that you and I probably um, lean a similar way. But this movie is, uh, given what's going on over here and in the in the States, Sorry. doesn't matter your political affiliation. This, this film, to me, feels vital because we need love and... Oh, my God, here we go again. Love and kindness and community, you know, I mean... I know, it's, and connection it's... and listening and compassion. I mean, and that's where I think people keep asking me, what, you know, how do you think Fred would feel about the world today or what would he be encouraging? How would he feel about Twitter? People keep asking, and I, the answer I give is I think he would be encouraging us to slow down and listen to each other and to sit down with each other and to find compassion, remember that everybody else was a child once too. And... um you know, and I think uh, giving children who are growing up in this culture, who are growing up in a very violent culture, I mean, in the U.S., so much of what we're dealing with is school shootings and things that feel really terrifying to children. And how do we give them the tools to deal with their fear, to deal with their feelings, to deal with the pain of that? I mean, it's something we just don't talk about. And, and, you know, there's, I mean, there's many themes in this film, but the importance of remembering, and I have two young girls myself, and that, so many things in this film just hit me, like, you know, like a sledgehammer of love, you know, in the, in the best way possible. But it's so important to remind ourselves that we were once children to see the world through those eyes. That was sort of a famous story was that uh, Fred's company was writing us a book for doctors who were going to be treating children, and it was like, what do you need to tell doctors about how to treat children? And he famously crossed out the whole first chapter and just wrote, you were a child once too. It was his whole philosophy was, remember, you were a child once too. When you speak to a child, try to remember what it felt like to be them. What would it feel like to be a kid going through what they're going through right now in this world? And when you look at other adults, remembering we're all still children walking around in this world. We're all walking around with our childhood trauma and pain 
deep in our stomachs where we've hidden it away or whatever. I, I don't want to I don't want to ruin anything about this film, but there's I won't I won't spoil or say what the scene is, but there's one scene where you use the simplest device, and it's one of the most powerful scenes that I I can remember from any film ever. I appreciate you not spoiling it, but yeah, it's a scene that I feel like you have to kind of see in the movie theater to have the full experience of it too, because it's um, Fred Rogers did asked his audience of children to be active participants in his show. And it's sort of the moment we ask the audience to be active participants in the film. Was that easy to, um, was that easy to get the green light on a scene such as that? We, you know, we live in an age, obviously, Sony wonderful, but we live in an age where some movies, if there's not a car chase every 10 seconds, you, you're, you're in bother, you know? I mean, I was really lucky with the people I was working with, both from Sony and my producers, that nobody was questioning me on things like that. And it wasn't until later that we've been doing the press tour that I've even really heard that Tom and Matthew were sort of skeptical about whether that scene would work. <laughs> And oh, I was oh, always so clear. About, it worked. <laughs> I know. I always felt so clear about how that scene needed to be. And I had no, no question in my mind. I mean, it was never something, it was never something I questioned for a moment. I, I, it was the first scene I knew exactly how I wanted to film it. And, um, really, I didn't film it any other way. And, um, it didn't really change in the edit ever. It was what it was. Um, it was sort of one of the scenes that I knew it was one of the scenes that made me want to do the movie. And I had such a clear vision for what I felt like the scene needed to be. And yeah. And it's only now that I've realized people were really scared of it. Oh, I mean, it was, if, if it was acceptable to uh, give a round of applause to a, a scene in a, a press screening. Then that, <laughs> that should be acceptable. Should be acceptable. Absolutely. I'm the guy. Cause you know, a lot of the time, People don't express emotions in press screens, but if something's funny, you know, I'll often get like this sort of. Really? Oh yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, big you time. guys should get over that. Oh, absolutely. Come I've got. On. I mean, I've got form for that. Also, it's of... like nobody's writing about movies unless they love movies. Why can't you enjoy that. them? I don't get. I don't get. Again, not name names, but this happens all over the world. People who write about movies who clearly dislike movies. You it's know. sort of like Ratatouille. Did you ever see that yeah, movie, Ratatouille? But with the when final scene with the, the critic. And that, I mean, what a brilliant sequence that was, right? But you think about that in terms of all careers, right? You're like, remember why you got into this. Come on, you know. I used to be a sports writer and I felt the same thing there. You'd have people writing about football who clearly didn't like football and really didn't like footballers. And you're like... And why are you doing this? Yeah, my first AD Dutch, who was this wonderful guy, he sat us all down when we had our very first production meeting and he said, let's all remember when we were little kids... And then we had that moment where we said, we want to make movies one day. And here we are. You know, it's like, it's such a great thing to kind of remind yourself of, of how lucky we are that we get to do what we love. Now, I almost apologize for asking this question, but I, I think a lot of British listeners, I don't, I, I don't think they will, they will know who Mr. No, so I, I do, because I'm, I'm obsessed with all my heroes are American, you know, so, you know. Um, no, most people here don't know him. Could, I mean, could you... Could you share a little bit? Because uh, without darkening the tone, it's been such a lovely, upbeat chat. But we, we we had a real problem in this country where a lot of the people we know. thought, were, you know, and they turned out to be. We had a few people walk out of our first screening here in London because they thought the movie was heading somewhere dark and they didn't want to see it. And I know that comes from. I mean, we've had our share of problems as well, but I know, particularly with children entertainers in this country, it's been a dark period of time. But Mr. Rogers was. 
In many ways, he was sort of an unsung hero while he was doing his work. He was not somebody who was so um, beloved or part of the zeitgeist in his era. He was a very lo-fi show that was made for like $15,000 an episode that was on PBS. And it was a, a show that only as his audience became grown-ups. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one, with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I did not know that. Did he gain the sort of respect and appreciation as something more than, you know, thinking back to like the 80s, he was always part of sort of the cultural lexicon and he was made fun of on things like Saturday Night Live. Eddie Murphy did his Mr. Robinson's in the neighborhood. Uh, But he wasn't seen with the level of respect that he's seen with now. And I think he it's because he was deceptively simple with his philosophy. He seemed like he was just this sort of hokey, simple children's show that was very slow and people didn't take the time to get to know what it really was about. Um, and he was so consistent over 35 years making this show. And over time, people started to recognize what it really was, the philosophy behind it. He was based largely in in child psychology and his real radical philosophy about of love and kindness that came from what he felt like was a calling um, that you could change people's lives with television. And um, it's interesting the way he's become recognized in a different way. He's gone from what was kind of considered a bit of a joke to people recognizing he was one of our greatest heroes. And those of us who grew up watching him, you know, we see just a moment of him and his show and it's like you're brought back to your childhood you're brought back to your two-year-old self not even your like six-year-old self you're brought back to so young to something you can almost not even consciously remember but you just remember in your gut and um which is why it's such an emotional experience but i think what's been nice about bringing the movie here and having people see it who don't know who he is at all his message is still just as affecting you know he you don't have to have known him. If anything, sometimes maybe not 
knowing him and loving him the way we do, you can come in a little cleaner. You're not coming in with so much baggage. I've had so many people say to me, like, I love Mr. Rogers so much. I didn't really want to see your movie because I didn't want, I didn't know if you would be able to do it right, do it justice. It was almost like the Don't Meet Your Heroes. Yeah, it was like people came in with their own, their guard up because they were such fans of Mr. Rogers and they didn't want, they didn't feel like there was any way it could be recreated in a way that would satisfy them. And then slowly they could let go and realize how into the movie they were. But in some ways there's something freeing, I think, about people who don't know him or maybe they've just seen the documentary that came out last year, which is a great foray into understanding him. Um, but I don't think you have to know him in any way in order to appreciate the movie. Do you, do you think he was taken for granted a little bit then? I do. But I think that was okay. I, you know, he was not somebody who was seeking fame or trying to... And that's part of the... majesty of the man yes it it is and when I asked his wife recently you know how do you think Fred would feel about this movie being out she said I think he would be really pleased that his philosophy was continuing on because he believed so deeply in the philosophy and his life's work and I think he would feel very pleased about that but he's wouldn't be comfortable with the idea of being a part you know it's his ego wasn't that. He was a natural, I think, shy introvert. If I, I've never met him, but that's my impression. And I don't think he was ever seeking fame in any way. He didn't want to be, that wasn't what he wanted. But I think he sort of pushed himself beyond what he was comfortable with because he believed so deeply in what he was doing. I, I mean, I want this, if there's any justice in the, in the world, this film will make. $10 trillion, you know. But I, I, I really mean it when I say this. I, I think this this will be a, a, a classic for the ages. And I think, you know, in years and years to come, this will become, um, I mean, it's beloved now, but it, it, I really do think, in the way that It's a Wonderful Life and the impact that that has had, how how do you feel um, about this piece of work on a, on a personal level? Because I, I really think you're responsible for uh, having such positive change, you know. I feel so proud of the way that the movie affects people emotionally, because it's all you want with your work, I think is feeling like you're connecting people to their humanity and helping them feel seen. And uh, I really do feel, and it was sort of what I said to Tom Hanks when I first asked him to do this movie. I said, if we do it right, I think this movie has the potential to be really powerful for people and could do something really good in the world. And in this moment in time, I think it's easy to feel really powerless. So it's wonderful to feel like we've been part of something that we can feel so good about. And we had such a wonderful experience making the movie. It felt like we tapped into our better selves to make this movie. And so it feels also like it's been a gift for me to work on this movie. I feel indebted to the film. And I also feel like we're sharing that gift with the world in a way. And that, I mean, you don't get to feel that way very often, I think. I think in the hands of another director, and this is a huge compliment if you're worrying where this question's going. This has a real indie heart to it mm-hmm. uh, and, an, and an indie uh, sensibility. That that must have been important to you. I think that that's that really adds to the, the beauty of the film. I mean, I can't, I don't even think about it because I think it's just, it's who, who you I are. am. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how, you know, I I don't know how to make movies any differently. The, the thing I'm always aiming for is truth and whether something feels real and whether it feels authentic and... I love things that feel handmade and that you can feel the tactileness behind it and the humanness. And part of what I loved about Fred was that he did leave mistakes in. He let his yeah, show feel great. human, yeah, you know, yeah. he, he sang live and if he messed up a word, he left it in. And that was our philosophy with the making of this movie too. If it felt too slick, 
it wouldn't be in the spirit of Fred. It had to be human, you know? So that, that went with everything. It was, I don't know. I, I, I personally love, you know, I, I have a thing with like my sound mixer, for example, I say, if you ever hear a stomach growl or a little mouth sound, don't edit that out. I want the human quality to everything. And that goes for all of the filmmaking. I want to feel it and let it be alive in that way and not feel like it's some CG slick thing. So it's just my personal taste, I guess. It's like, I mean, this, this is 40 where Paul Rudd breaks wind and they keep it in. It's that sort yeah. of... It doesn't happen, I'm not saying fine yeah. in every film, but I, that doesn't happen enough in movies, does it, where it feels more authentic? No, you know? I think there is... It was Fred's philosophy that was so true, which was like, allow the audience to see that you're a human being. But I think it just subconsciously connects us more to the story too if we feel like we're watching something that feels true now fan question um i think a lot of our listeners will be checking out as much of mr rogers as possible but on behalf of our listeners will be checking out more of your work please can you share what what's coming next after this i don't really know what's coming next i've kind of gone back to back with can you ever can you ever forgive me from last year <laughs> yeah. this movie this year tell you what there's I'm one who's going it's not bad <laughs> I'm pretty tired is the truth of it. And I have a new company that I'm developing TV projects with Big Beach, who are the producers of this, called Defiant by Nature. And we're trying to develop new voices and find wonderful, diverse talent who want to bring things to the screen. And and I'm trying to take a little break and be with my kid as much as I can right now, too. I, I feel like I, there's a bit towards the end. Somebody, I'm freelance, so I say yes to everything. And the bit with the importance of... I, I nearly spoiled something there, but... Something we can all learn from for 2020, isn't it? Remembering the important stuff. The important stuff, exactly. This movie has definitely connected me more and more to that. Th- uh, thank you so much for the movie. And, uh, you know, I'll say it again. I hope all our listeners go see this at the, at, on the big screen. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Huge great. thanks again to, to Marielle Heller. A, v- a very special talent with a unique eye. And as I say, someone... In in the way that with Chris Nolan, when it, you know, whenever it, there are certain directors who, whenever their next project comes out, you think, "I want to watch that," purely because that it's them involved. And and uh, with Marielle, I, I will absolutely have that now. Whatever she makes, I will. I'll be absolutely all over it. I can't, you know, I can't. <laughs> I'm still. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll 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 see this film again, but I I already can't wait for her next project. So very special talent. I felt it was a very special movie. Um, and if once you see the film, you know, even if it's that little thing of just showing kindness to strangers and saying hello and good morning and all that sort of thing. Um, but anyway, I digress as I as I often do. Uh, if you'd if you'd like to drop us an email, podcast at balance dot media sales at balance.media um, and then to spread the word tell your friends I'm always it, it means the world when you do it because it, it really does help with the podcast uh, across the socials we are at balance LDN and I'm at James I mean this is less relevant but I'm at James Gill Comedy F- now five star review and a positive write up helps big style in terms of nudges nudging us up the uh, how visible we are and all that kind of caper so if you could please take a couple of minutes Five-star review, positive write-up, all that malarkey. That would be a huge help. Um, and I, I think this was the perfect... <laughs> what a silly thing to say. But I think this was the perfect episode for Blue Monday. 
Thanks to Marielle and thanks to the themes of the uh, the movie. I hope you have a, a lovely week. And uh, if you are feeling it on on Blue Monday, I hope this episode helped. If you, do you want some? Do you want some further listening? So I just went to go see uh, Dear Evan Hansen. That's an incredibly uplifting soundtrack. Yeah, you know what? Check that out if you like. Some absolute hammers on that. Uh, but otherwise, take care. Thank you as always. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.